Welcome everyone to the second episode of Simo Speaks. Today we'll be discussing Morocco versus DRC in the second group F game in AFCON 2023. I want to get started by pointing out the formations that the respective teams were going with. Uh, Morocco started off with a 4-1-4-1 formation but quickly started adjusting shape more to a 4-1-3-2 while DRC consistently stayed in a 4-2-3-1. The big elephant in the room I want to get out the way first is Somebody we have on the Moroccan national team that is Desi fishing or Bengali fishing. I think um, Sufyan Bufal, the jig is up. You're Bangladeshi, you're a Bengali national citizen. It's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that a Bengali should be allowed to play in the African Cup of Nations. I think the Asian Cup is right there. Game started off with a whole bunch of crosses from the right. They had that joint looking like an evangelical church. Hakimi and Ziyech spamming square, trying to force it down Yusuf Nasiri's throat. Uh, a minute and a half in, Hakimi crosses it into the box. It pings off of Yusuf's fat forehead. Gets deflected, regardless, great attempt. But by the sixth minute, uh, Ashraf Hakimi gets a cross from Ziyech. Hakimi, right foot shot, center of the box, into the center of the goal. First goal for Morocco. I think there's no denying that Morocco's intensity dropped off heavily after the first goal. Uh, around the 19th, 20th minute, Buffalo and Nahi were just having fun in the box. Uh, no real interest in scoring the goal, I think. Uh, really looking for some type of flashy play. Uh, that was my interpretation of it. It could have been something that I wasn't seeing, uh, but wasn't a fan of seeing Buffal holding onto the ball for too long. On top of the intensity dropping, I think there was uh, a few defensive lapses, uh, although they tried to overcompensate for him in some instances. I think around the 29th minute, all 11 uh, were back in the box to defend against the DRC. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that's uh, the best strategy for a team that really likes to counterattack. Uh, having all 11 in the box really is going to set you back. Uh, in terms of, say, Bono does save uh, save a goal or some type of deflection, it's going to take much longer to start the counterattack as opposed to at least having one outside of the box, obviously in a non-offside position. Similar to the game against Tanzania, we saw that Hakimi and Ziyech really like to overlap over on that right side, and Regregi is happy to accommodate, switching constantly between a 4-1-4-1 and a 4-1-3-2. We saw that he wants those crosses to come in constantly, whether it's for Joseph and Asiri uh, in the front, or for whatever trailing striker, second attacker, center forward, whoever it may be, that's right behind him. The overlapping by Hakimi and by Ziyech wasn't as effective against DRC as it was against Tanzania. We see that because DRC wasn't necessarily applying a low block the whole entire game, and they didn't mind leaving their defenders one-on-one -on -one against an attacker or a winger. Um, they rely a lot more on zonal marking as well as man marking, and we see that around the 30th minute when Gideon Kololo has a fantastic tackle on Ashraf Hakimi, uh, which allows play to break the other way for DRC. Unfortunately, it doesn't lead anywhere. Uh, Morocco is able to recover the ball, leads it to a fantastic cross over to En Nasiri, who unfortunately has a poor first touch, uh, taking into consideration the pressure behind him. I think that is the style, uh, uh, as well as that's the... It's the play scale for Nasir. I think that's as good as it'll get. I don't think you can ask him to do a lot of hold-up play. I don't think that's necessarily something he does a lot for Sevilla. He will do it, but it's not something that he excels at. Nasir is a number nine, a classic number nine, who likes to get the ball, go running with it. Not necessarily jinky-majinky his player, but hit it as hard as he can into the back of the net. 
At the 35th minute, Inonga has a pretty rough head injury in the box. A lot of debate by the commentators as well as by people on social media whether or not it was a handball foul or whether or not it was a cynical physical foul. Uh, I think it's a pretty clear foul anywhere else on the field and that's why I, I would say it's fine to be given in the penalty. I think Inonga's lucky he didn't have to miss the rest of the game. He was bleeding pretty profusely. It looked like uh, crazy scenes. Uh, but penalty is taken about five minutes later it's saved by bono it looks like the penalty taker kind of skewed it a little bit trying to go for that bottom left into the corner of the goal but bounces off the post at the same time as bono uh deflecting it after uh amala gave up that foul in the box around the 35th minute uh 43 minutes he has an incredible sequence to progress the ball up. He turns into prime Ronaldinho, um, but this time in the middle of the pitch as opposed to on either wing. Uh, 11 minutes of stoppage time. Uh, nothing really crazy happening outside of a minute in. Um, Buffal tries to dummy it, does some nonsense. Who knows what's going on there? The commentators say Bono makes his first quote-unquote save interaction at the 45 plus 6. Uh, I think that's incredibly stupid and pointless. I think it's a useless stat. First save interaction. I, I guess that's a fun fact. Uh, I found it much more exciting. Um, 45 plus 8. Inonga absolutely picks Ziyech's pocket. I mean, the guy's bleeding through the gauze on his head. And he's he's able to go into, into Hukafin Ziyech's pocket and take out a coal. Good Amrabat defense at uh, 45 plus 9. Um, I just don't understand this guy. How he plays for Manchester United versus how he plays for his national team. I mean, it, obviously it's two different play styles. But it, you gotta you gotta start looking at guys like Ziyech and Amrabat and wonder, is it a motivation thing? Is it a skill level thing? I mean, Ziyech, Ziyech wasn't 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 lighting it up at Chelsea, uh, but Amrabat was never really lighting it up at Fiorentina either. Um, who knows what the conversation uh, needs to be had? Um, I can't have it. I don't know. Some stats I noticed um, presented to us at halftime were fifty three percent possession. Uh, for Morocco to 46% for DRC, 12 fouls for Morocco compared to 4 fouls for DRC, and 3 shots on target for Morocco versus 0 for the DRC. At this point in the game, it was still 1-0 uh, uh, coming out of halftime. Uh, I noticed two big things quickly after halftime, which were that Morocco was setting into its high defensive line very early into the game. Um, they wanted to maintain that 4-1-4-1 shape, but having that... Um, that second line of center mids um, rotating between having two DMs pivoting, having two attacking mids. It was very interesting stuff, but quickly set into their playstyle, which is working on the counter and anti-possession. At the 50th minute mark, uh, uh, there was a horrible Buffal dribble that exposed his true Bengaliness. Uh, a few minutes later, Amarat breaks the lines uh, with an incredible pass. Ziyech maneuvers around the box and lays the ball up for Unahi, who wastes an opportunity. I mentioned this was at the 52-minute mark. Uh, Unahi's sub came in about 30 minutes later. Um, a few minutes later, fantastic recovery by Aguirre chases down the player uh, to the end of the line, out right outside the box by the corner flag, um, after he himself had just gave up that ball in a pretty bad pass. I think a pretty uncomfortable conversation needs to be had about Sufyan Bufal um, within the Moroccan Federation. Uh, he can take on his own man one-on-one, but I think he needs to stop trying to go 3v1. This isn't something that can be outcoached by a player. Um, that's 30 years old, um, 31 next year, or this, this upcoming September, I should say. Um, he consistently will give a 7 out of 10 for his club team, but I'm not necessarily sure that the intensity of these international tournaments 
uh, can translate over well enough for him. Um, I think he has flashes of techiness, uh, but I don't necessarily know if it's something that's going to be useful for Morocco going forward. He is about 30 years old and needs to be a conversation about him being phased out. At the 62nd minute mark, we see Buffal gets taken off, and while the commentators do initially say that he's being taken off for Bilal al-Khanous, uh, we see that Abdul Samad al-Zilzuli is the one that fills in his position. I'm personally not a fan of Zilzuli coming in halfway through the game, or coming in during a draw, or while we're 1-0 down looking to equalize. I don't necessarily think that he is a spark of inspiration or somebody who can be considered a super sub. I think he's a young player who needs to start off games to develop that confidence initially, and then later on he can be brought in halfway through or to help equalize. I don't, um, I don't necessarily approve of the Ten Hag mentality where your young players have to come in at the end of the game and try to save something for you we see him do it a lot with garnacho and that's not something i want for abdul samad al-zizuri at the 72nd minute mark ziyash gets taken off for amin adli i believe this was a technical decision done by walid regragi in order to conserve ziyash's energy for the next game as well as to avoid any future suspensions uh, at the 44 minute mark ziyash had gotten a yellow card right before going into halftime and i think regragi was just worrying about the next game and making sure that he could have his best 11 for the next match about a minute after Ziyech comes off, uh, Bono has an incredible save uh, that's being communicated the whole entire time by uh, Naif Agward. For those who aren't familiar with Naif, Naif is a graduate from the Mohammed VI uh, Footballing Academy. After that, he went into Etihad Al-Fatah Al-Riyadiyya, which is Fatah Union Sport or FUS Rabat. Later on, going into Dijon, then Rennes, before making his move to West Ham. I personally think Naif Aguirre is the most likable uh, player on the national team. I think the fact that he plays for West Ham and he's able to show um, his mastery of multiple languages, French, English, Arabic. I think the fact that he plays at the Premier League and he plays at such a high intensity week in and week out, all while you know playing in European Cups as well, as well as domestic Cups, I think that is somebody who, who Morocco should be happy to have on their team. Around the 64th minute mark, a very interesting passage of play happens where Silas and Nishak Elia um, do a dummy behind Roman size. So Silas leaves the ball, or I should say passes it behind Roman size, forcing Nishak Elia to run to it. He beats Roman to the ball and lays the ball back into the box, but it doesn't lead to anything this time around. They try it again in about 10 minutes, and this time when Roman leaves his man once again, Silas is the empty man running. Mishak Elia lays the ball right back into the middle of the box. Silas equalizes. Now DRC is leveled 1-1. Now with the DRC equalized and leveled against Morocco, we see them willing to take a few more risks, willing to send a bit more players up. Um, around the 78th minute, Morocco starts having mental breakdowns, uh, leading to another close opportunity by DRC. Um, at the 80th minute, Amin Harit comes on for Unahi. Uh, we see this is another tactical decision made by Regragi. It's not necessarily a like for like, but one could compare their play styles and compare their skills. I think Amin Harit is another player who unfortunately needs to have a, a rough and uncomfortable discussion, albeit this is much harder sell while he's uh, 26 years old and back at Marseille. So obviously the team is going to see a high level player like that and assume that he's still performing at that high level. Ayub Al-Kabi also came on at the 80th minute mark, and um, I think that guy's an enigma to me. He's a Chinese NFT. He's not really, doesn't exist. Uh, I, I don't understand how 
you don't really contribute much to a game, but you want to go for that bicycle kick over the head kick every single time, even when it doesn't line up. I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he's healthy. I'm glad that he gets on and he he runs a lot. But uh, it's a Chinese NFT as far as I'm concerned. The game went to um, the game kind of went to shit after the obviously how can the game go to shit when the whistles already blew? But um, got into a fight after the game. Obviously, this is Afcon. Um, but before I get into the fight, I wanted to talk a little bit about who my personal man of the match is. Um, SofaScore gave Ashraf Hakimi a 7.7, 7, uh, while it gave Mbamba a 6.5 for Chancel Mbamba, the captain of DRC. I don't think that's that's right. I think if Hakimi's a 7.7, 7, I think Mbamba gets a 7.5 or a 7.6. I, I think that was neck and neck. Uh, if you were to pick a player of the game, uh, I would give mine to, to Mbamba. I think he was, he's obviously the captain, but I think he's the driving force behind the team. I think he's the emotion behind the team. And I think he's able to, to make sure everybody's uh, keeping the main thing the main thing and staying focused. Obviously, um, now talking about what happened post game, it looks like Weli Dregregi and Mbemba got into some words uh, right as the game was ending, and that led onto the pitch afterwards when uh, Dregregi and Mbemba had uh, some choice words. Mbemba in the media later on stating um, racism. I, I'm not sure if if he himself said that or if that is just what the interpretation of what happened was. Uh has spoken to Lee Equip and he's spoken to some other um, publications saying that that wasn't the case whatsoever and that a, a bigger conversation needs to be had about what happened. Uh, all in all, I'm not a big fan of seeing drama like this in this international tournament. I think um, just not a fan of seeing African infighting, especially uh, when the game is already over. Shake hands, move on. I don't necessarily think it helps to, to go back and forth. Um, unless, of course, you know, it's the Morocco versus Algeria, Morocco versus Egypt, Algeria versus Egypt. I think that's okay to fight. I, I think there's no problem. Ghana versus Nigeria, I think you're okay to fight. Um, shit, Ethiopia, if they ever play Kenya or Somalia, I think that's okay to fight. I just, I, I don't necessarily see um, the point with uh, two opposing polars fighting. Morocco could have qualified early for the uh, round of 16 today, but uh, still one more game left in the group stage. Uh, they're playing in a few days, Wednesday, January 24th. They play against Zambia. Uh, I know last pod I said that I wasn't worried about DRC. Um, not worried about Zambia either. I'm not worried about any of the games. I don't get paid. I'm not a, a player, so uh, I walk back everything I've ever said. I'm barely a supporter. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Simo Speaks, and we'll be back right after the Zambia game uh, to talk about that.